welcome into I'm Not Targeting, You're Targeting, the self-proclaimed 43rd best Bama podcast on the internet. Here are your hosts, Tom Sims and Jason Tiffin. Is that the way you want to read? Man, Welcome in again to I'm Not Targeting, You're Targeting, the 43rd best podcast out there, Bama podcast on the internet. I'm half of your host team, JT, with Tom Sims. Tom, how's it going? Not great, buddy, not great. Um, Last week, I think we uh, told everybody that you and I hung out for the first time in a while, which we did. Fast forward two days from that, and all of a sudden, somebody's got the COVID. (laughs) (laughs) The oh, you're a corona bro. <laughs> uh, so, uh, just want to give you a hit, uh, thank you for that one, buddy. Yeah, I mean, we'll do what we can here in Northwest Alabama. <laughs> Have we not moved uh, up from forty third either on the podcast? Rankings? Man, I don't know. I I had to check the uh, had to check the standings later when we get off. But <laughs> uh, but yeah, and I've you know I have a. I don't hope you can't catch COVID through microphone uh, one hundred and thirty miles away. Or else I'll get it. Or I say I'll get it. Here's the deal. I have kissed a COVID-positive patient. Um, you know, my girlfriend got it back in uh, right around the 4th of July. And, I mean, I just knew I had it. That We were together. We were actually at the same places that you and I went to. Um, Boiler Room and uh, Flobama. And she gets sick Tuesday night. And uh, this was a weekend. Saturday we go out. Tuesday night she gets sick. And uh, she's like, if I don't feel any better tomorrow, which was Wednesday, I'm going to the doctor. I left her, kissed her goodnight, and uh, and came back home. And she woke up at 2 a.m. with fever, went and got tested Wednesday, and the po- the test came back positive Thursday. I'm like, well, I've got it. And this was kind of in the infancy, you know. Yeah, we were in late June, but still, it was, you know, we know a lot more about it now than we did then. And so I quarantined and took a test and came negative. And now I, I have no symptoms, knock on wood, so far. So, hey, best of luck getting better, man. And I hate that uh, I might have been the culprit to uh, infect you. but uh, <laughs> Sounds <laughs> like you're a, a carrier. <laughs> yeah, possibly so. All right, let me uh, – I have the commentary tonight. And uh, I, I, I was watching the Clemson and Notre Dame game, and I immediately – I don't know how you do your commentary – uh, if you decide, uh, you know, you might decide at, at 629, hey, this is what I'm going to talk about. But I do try to plan a little bit. And uh, so I emailed myself so I wouldn't forget. And, uh, you know, Notre Dame has their own network, NBC. They, they're they the only show in town. And uh, granted, I, I would say NBC is probably at times regrets that contract. They didn't regret it the other night. But, you know, Notre Dame, they, they're not in a conference. They have some stinker out-of-conference games. They also play – uh, you know they they play USC and Stanford every year, and that is a, the, that's a traditional matchup more so than just awesome football being played. You know, I guess it was awesome football in the '70s and '80s, and and different parts of the '90s and 2000s. But all in all, Notre Dame and USC have done very little in the past what 30 going on 40 years of football. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, Notre Dame won it in 88. USC had, uh, you know, the, the golden years with Bush and Leinart and that group. But, uh, honestly, they there's no staying power there. Uh, and, you know, before that I watched Florida and uh, – and I'll try to hurry up. I watched Florida and um, – who did Florida? Florida, Georgia. Florida, Georgia. 
and uh, is on CBS. And of course, CBS uh, is the SEC network. I mean, you know, they not the, the SEC network. Of course, is is the actual channel is ESPN, but CBS has only uh, SEC games. You know, ESPN they have to be a lot more impartial. I have a point here. They have to be a lot more impartial in their covering, like. ESPN, and I think they're doing it somewhat, maybe. But they, you know, they have to give credit to um, to Trevor Lawrence for the you know credence to Trevor Lawrence for the Heisman, Mac Jones for the Heisman, uh, Justin Fields for the Heisman, because they got they have contracts with all Power Five schools. CBS has a contract only with the SEC. And I was listening to Mike Tirico, great announcer by the way, does the play by play for uh, for NBC. And he was fair. I'm not going to act like he was not fair, but man, any time something, the benefit of the doubt was up in the air, he would always side with Notre Dame. You know, he would lean Notre Dame, and I felt that way anyway. And uh, and really praising Ian Book, and um, and I and, and then I reflected on the on CBS. You know, they will not. Of course, they pumped up trash that Gary Danielson did. And, but they have to pump up Trask. They have to pump up uh, uh, Mac Jones and anybody else in the Heisman race. I mean, Notre Dame has such a built-in advantage on that. But what really got me, and this is the one that uh, that really irritated me, thank goodness he's no longer with them, was, was uh, Tim Brando. And I understand that these people, whether it's Danielson or Vern Lundquist or, or Brad Nessler or uh, the – I don't know who the sideline reporter is now – they, they have to be somewhat impartial, but dadgummit, they are paid by CBS to cover the SEC. And I can remember Tim Brando back in the BCS days, he would always say, oh, Boise State's the fly in the ointment. You know, uh, Houston is the fly in the ointment. Like, they ought to be openly politicking for two SEC teams to make the playoffs every year if, if it is even remotely possible. Like this year, it is definitely remotely possible that we could have two representatives. Like they need to be pushing that agenda. I think I feel like NBC does push that agenda for agenda for Notre Dame. I do not feel like that CBS pushes that agenda for the SEC, and I think they should because they got they're the only uh, SEC is the only show in town on their on their channels. They should be anytime that they have pregame postgame shows. They should be pumping up Mac Jones. Pumping up Kyle Trask for Heisman and pumping up Florida and Alabama now as the ships have fallen for the playoffs. And I'm going to get off my soapbox and we'll start the podcast as soon as you respond. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, there, there's some merit to that. I think that the big disconnect between the, the two scenarios that you have is that the CBS guys actually have to cover an entire conference. Now, I agree they should feel some sort of bias towards the conference, but when NBC's over there covering a single team, and that's it. Just, you know, they're, they're not covering the ACC. They're not covering whatever other independents out there. They're covering just Notre Dame. That's almost like having, you know, Eli Gold uh, calling all the games on the NBC if Bama was the single team there. You know, there's definitely going to be some bias there, and it's uh, – and it's hard not to have some bias when week in and week out you're covering a single team. You, you get to know them in and out. But as far as uh, CBS goes, yeah, I would like to see th- that a little bit. Obviously, I wouldn't want it to be so overt that it was, I guess, detrimental and it, and it looked more like politics than actual true opinions. But I, I can I can see where you're coming from there. Well, thank you, Tom.
You're welcome. I thought you'd be a little bit more in my corner than you are, but that's okay. It's a, <laughs> What a boring world we would live in if everybody held the same opinion. <laughs> All right. Uh, winners this week, oh, we always do it every week, winners and losers. Our winners, uh, Tom's going to lead out, but I'm going to list all the, the three that we have now, and he might add some, don't know. He's had a lot of time on his hands lately. Uh, <laughs> Notre Dame, big winner, got them first up. We'll discuss why. Florida, and I, I, I emailed out Florida, and then I texted this morning, and I said, hey, man, we're changing that one to Florida slash Trask and Bama slash Mac Jones, and you can probably put two and two together to figure out why we have them uh, bracketed there. And then the other winner is the SEC slash ACC. So lead us off with Notre Dame, Tom. Um, Notre Dame was surprising to me. Just like I said last week, I thought Clemson would handle them regardless uh, of quarterback difficulties or, or backup quarterbacks. Those announcers, by the way, tried their best to say Unga Alalele's name every time, or whatever, I threw that out there. I don't remember exactly how to pronounce it, but they His they went DJ. over. <laughs> <laughs> they went over and beyond to to mention him. He he'd have a single play, and and they'd call his name out four times. Mm-hmm. But uh, but nonetheless, it was surprising to me the the outcome of that game, and frankly. There were opportunities there for Notre Dame where that game shouldn't have even gotten into overtime. They had opportunities to to win that game in regulation. You know, they had the fumble going out of the end zone or or going into the end zone and recovered there late in the game that would have put them up. uh, Would they have went up 14 there or was it tied and they would have went up seven? I don't remember. I don't Uh, remember. It was one of those. That's one of those games I would have had to rewatch. Yeah, it was a key, key uh, – well, for me, I was just was in cold sweats, so I remember more of it than I normally would. <laughs> but, uh, but you know, one thing that I thought was the difference there in this game was not the quarterback position. I think if Trevor Lawrence played that game, Notre Dame still wins. Their backup quarterback paid – or he uh, – he played as well as Lawrence could have. He threw for 439 yards with no picks, mm-hmm. zero interceptions. He played a really good game. And he brought a different dynamic that Trevor doesn't bring, which is, you know, he could run it some. The difference in the game to me was was the defensive personnel for Clemson. They were down three of their key, key starters, and I think they end up with an early injury to another one. So they were they were really hurt on the defensive side of the ball there. And it showed. Notre Dame put up over 500 yards of offense and deserved the win. There's no doubt about that. They deserved everything they got there. But like I said, I just wanted to make the point that they did not win because Trevor Lawrence was not on the field. That, that, that in my opinion, had no impact on this particular game. Yeah, I had that written down as my third bullet point. Uh, the, the reason Notre Dame got in the winner's bracket here leading us off is – now, if they went out, they're the number two seed. And there's even a scenario where they can lose the rematch against Clemson and, and still get in. But they have to – They, in my opinion, they have to have one other thing happen, and we'll discuss that later, I'm sure. Uh, they dominate – here's what surprises me and impresses me about Notre Dame because I really bash on them pretty hard on, on, uh, on this show and on Sports with JT. 
they they have had uh, they have not had the caliber of player that it takes to win an SEC a game a game against Ohio State or a game against Clemson and and they do at least they showed it the other night they they won the battle in the trenches I mean ETN arguably best running back in the country I don't know I mean not that's that's kind of sacrilege saying with uh, Najee Harris on our team he's a different back than Najee Najee is not going to break it for 90 yards ETN can uh, I don't know that I would trade Najee for ETN but if I if we had to trade Najee for ETN I don't think either school would be disappointed and uh, man, they held him in check. So, uh, and I, I agree, the QB had little to do with the outcome. Uh, DJ played very well, and uh, they just you know, Notre Dame whipped them. And I, I only thing, the only thing I think if Trevor Lawrence does play, is uh, is maybe maybe they could cheat a little bit more on defense. Uh, Notre Dame could you know cheat a little bit more on defense and 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 count on the freshman to maybe make a mistake or make a bad read. But like you said, he didn't throw any picks. But, you know, he, he took two. I don't think that uh, Clemson would have ended the game in overtime at fourth and 24. Um, no, he made a poor decision in overtime. Two yeah. of them, really, in that last drive. And I, I was not aware that Clemson had uh, players out on defense, but that was my, my last point is Clemson is not the team – that uh that played against Bama in 2015, 2016, uh, 2017, and 2018. They're not defensively. They're not that team. Uh, they you know they've recruited well. They've recruited as good as anybody in the country. But you know you can sign a five star at every position every year, and some of them are just not going to pan out. And I think they're seeing that is they don't have that Christian Wilkins. They don't have. Um, there was a linebacker, like a hybrid player they had last year or two years ago that was like 6'3", 215, like a Rashawn Evans. I think he ran a 4.55 at the combine, and he was he was kind of like a jack linebacker. And, I mean, that kid's not there anymore, and it, and it shows. But um, a great win for Notre Dame. Hats off to you. You, you control your destiny. You went out. Uh, you're guaranteed to be the number – I'm going to say the number two seed. If Bama was to lose, you're the number one seed. So, uh, you know, congrats to them. And uh, the second winner is uh, Florida Trask and Bama Mac Jones. And um, so we, we basically the SEC championship game is said, as you said last week, you predicted that if Florida won, Mac wins a Heisman. And I, I did not disagree with that. But my gosh, I mean, and that's why I've got these bracketed. To me, if the SEC championship game comes down to Bama, Florida, then there's really no reason to see that it won't. Uh, other than who knows what's going to happen with the cancellations that, you know, Auburn's already canceled this week and Bama, it sounds like it's just a matter of one more domino falling before we cancel with LSU. But um, I, I think not only is that game going to be for the SEC championship game, for a playoff berth, I think the winning team, if the quarterback does uh, add, uh, average to above average, I think you're looking at your Heisman Trophy winner. Yeah, it very well may be. Uh Probably shortchanged Trask a little bit last week. I say shortchanged him. We didn't really even discuss him uh, in in that uh, mentions as far as the Heisman Trophy went. But you're right. I mean, he's got similar numbers, maybe even better numbers in in, in several categories than Mac Jones does. However. You know, to date, we're talking about Mac Jones and his numbers and an undefeated record. Yep, for sure. So, 
you're right, though, that the SEC championship game could level all those fields and they both be with one loss. And, and with a head-to-head matchup there, that would go a long way. But at this point in time, Alabama, as I mentioned last week, has already played the toughest defenses in the league, uh, or three out of the four. The only one that they had left was Kentucky. So Florida has played two out of the four, and they're one and one in those games. Mm-hmm. So they still have some work to do. We'll see how they uh, how they line up again. But I tell you one thing that I was looking at today too is that when they say they have the toughest defenses left, they only have one more top. They avoided. Let's see. I'm trying to remember who I had on the list last week for was the top four defenses in the league. It was Georgia, Texas A&M. Kentucky. Kentucky, and there was one more. Oh, it was Mississippi State. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so, uh, so F- Florida. <laughs> luckily for Florida, they avoid <laughs> Mississippi State. You know, yeah. <laughs> so wipe the sweat off the brow there, boys. Uh, but they have Kentucky left. But one of the things I was looking at was Florida's remaining schedule is this week versus Arkansas. Then they have Vandy, Kentucky. Tennessee and LSU. Now I know what my answer here is. Who do you think the toughest team left on that schedule Arkansas. is? Arkansas. You ain't got to finish it. Arkansas. I agree. And they're <laughs> favored by eighteen over them. Yeah. So Florida's got a pretty good cakewalk. Should unless they just absolutely lay an egg. I mean, you know, they. Sh- there's no way they should lay an egg here. If they're going to be an eighteen-plus point favorite in every game from here on out then it'll be the worst coaching, you know, job, whatever you want to call that, blow up or whatnot, uh, that Florida's ever seen. So yeah. you you got to write them into the East uh, Championship game now. And like I said, Trask is going to have good numbers. And so we'll see, but it'll be Trask and Mack head-to-head in the championship game, and I think you're exactly right. If they both put up the same kind of numbers they're they're putting up now, that very well could be the Heisman decider. Yeah, and we'll we'll discuss in the loser segment why. Just you know, you're probably out there in uh, listener land thinking, well, these guys aren't even mentioning Justin Fields. That's the favorite, Who? the co-favorite. We'll mention him shortly, and and the reason why we think the in the long lines we do. Uh, the other big oh, winner was ACC, ACC. Um, there is a – speaking of Ohio State, if they stumble, uh, that conference is so bad this year. They're basically the ACC. I don't know that the ACC would not beat them. If you line up the teams 1 to 10 or 1 to 12 or how many ever teams you want to line up, I think the ACC outperforms the uh, the Big Ten this year because, you know, you'd have Clemson, Ohio State, or I guess you actually you'd have Notre Dame, Ohio State going head-to-head. Uh, I'd say Ohio State a slight favorite. Then you have Clemson at number two in the ACC versus Indiana. I, Indi- <laughs> uh, uh, Indiana, of course, yeah. Taking Clemson there, guy. And uh, But anyway, if, if Ohio State – my point is, you know, last year, and I felt this year, you know, in a regular situation, Ohio State, Bama, and Clemson – they have a mulligan. They, they, they have a loss that they can spare. If Bama in a normal year 
If Bama finishes with one loss, it doesn't matter who we lose to. We're in the playoffs. It doesn't matter if it's the SEC championship game or if it's against Auburn or LSU or whomever. You know, we're in with one loss, and I think Ohio State is afforded that same uh, that same mulligan. But now this year they better tread lightly because your your stalwart teams that that you count on every year to be uh, you know to boost that record up, Michigan and Penn State. One of them's one and two. One of them's zero oh and three. So if Ohio State stumbles and and uh, and Clemson, let's say Clemson wins the rematch versus uh, Notre Dame, and then Florida beats Bama, I think I think there's your four teams because the Pac-12 is not going to be able to get up enough uh, in the polls to to matter. Ohio State would be out with a stumble, so that takes care of the Big Ten, and then the Big Twelve has been out since well technically. I guess last week, but you know, as soon as Texas and Oklahoma had two losses, the Big Twelve was toast. So um, SEC and ACC, congratulations, man! It might be a, an all, you know, basically southeastern showdown for the playoffs. I'm I'm curious if they would ever allow that to happen. I think there's so much diversity in the uh, college football playoff committee room. How many members were there again? Eleven, is that right? I think so. Yeah. So, so, and they're and they're uh, representative of all the conferences across the country and whatnot. Man, I'd have a hard time believing that the majority would allow the minority to completely take over the playoff. You'd have to have, let's say, there were. F- at absolute worst, four representatives from the SEC, ACC, would the other seven allow them to put the the, the winner and the backup in each one of them? Well, you know, I'd, love I, to, I'd love to see the answer to that, actually. Yeah. It's, you know, it's really just a hypothetical. And uh, Ohio State, I think really their slip-up would have to be they'd lose the conference championship game. I think a slip-up – and then they win the conference championship game. Then in that situation, I think Notre Dame's out. And I know uh, that's the Bama bias coming out. But honestly, you know, as hard as you try not to look at previous years, you've got to look at Bama's record in the playoff and the competitive competitiveness of our games outside of the Clemson, the, the Santa Clara massacre. Um, and look at Notre Dame's history in big bowls slash playoffs, and it's a no-brainer. You've got to take Bama. You know what you get with Bama. So um, Yeah, let me take that back real quick, too. I wouldn't actually like to see that because that means that we lost the SEC championship game, but point stands. Yeah. <laughs> all right, let's get into our <laughs> loser segment. Uh, we got three losers at all. It all revol- well, two of them revolves around the uh, the playoffs. But we've got the Pac-12, the whole conference, is a loser. We knew that going in, but we wanted to reiterate Ohio State, as we kind of just bled into. And then Georgia. So I'll lead off with the Pac-12. I mean, how can they get a team in? Uh, you know, Notre Dame winning killed them. What what everybody needed to do – there's three spots that are taken. Uh, Clemson is in, or hypothetically, before, you know, let's say seven days ago, three spots were taken. Clemson was in. Ohio State was in, Bama was in. So if you're a team that is striving to be that fourth spot, you needed Bama, Clemson, and uh, Ohio State to win out, go undefeated because an undefeated Bama means that the the Eastern Division team has two losses. Uh, An undefeated Clemson means everybody in the ACC has two losses. And then an undefeated Ohio State means everybody in the the way it's shaken out. I, I don't know if they play Indiana 
regular season, but honestly, unless we're talking about the Final Four in basketball, we're not taking Indiana in the playoffs. So Notre Dame winning really hurt the Pac-12 because I think everyone expects um, Notre Dame or Clemson to avenge that loss. So uh, Pac-12, you know, USC had to rally to beat Arizona State by one, and uh, Oregon, Oregon, uh, you know, they won handily, end up in the second half, won handily, but are they really one of the top four teams in the country? Yeah, neither neither one of those teams looked very good this weekend. USC, uh, they pulled off a miracle there. They had to recover an onside kick. They were down 13 with under two minutes to go and scored, got an onside kick, and then scored again to win it. So Yeah, I had a uh, minus a half on the tease. <laughs> <laughs> I'd love, I'd love to see where you get a, a minus a half. At, oh, you said on a tease. On a tease, Never mind. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Beautiful. But, uh, but yeah, no, I, I, I agree. It's uh, Pac-12, is, they needed exactly what you said. They they don't need two-bid leaks. That's what they're trying to avoid. And, and it's far from a, a foregone conclusion that there uh, there's going to be – you know, an opportunity for both the SEC, ACC, and possibly even the Big Ten to have a uh, a one and a zero or a, a one and a one lost team uh, at the end of the year. But it's trending that way in, in some respects. Now, I will say this. I do not expect, and I said this last week and I stand by it, and and I'm and I'm gonna say I'm standing by it, and I should have mentioned this in our in our first section there, but I'm standing by it not because I I think that Notre Dame uh, is better or is on par with Clemson. Clemson may not be as good as we thought they were. Mm-hmm, I mean, mm-hmm. Dabo has gotten really good over the years of running it up against small teams. I mean, he really has, and I think he's. He's got a little bit of the Bama thing going for him where a lot of teams will end up rolling over and, you know, chalking that game up as a loss before they mm-hmm. ever hit the field. And, I mean, that happens. There's no doubt about that. And the teams that don't do that and come to play sometimes get surprising on you. But I cannot still erase the the memory from my mind that Notre Dame almost choked one away to Duke, almost choked one away to Louisville, mm-hmm. and was in a shootout with Florida State there for a long time in that game before, before they put that one away. One game does not send me to the uh, undefeated ACC championship game you know, committee in my mind. I think yeah. Notre Dame, like I mentioned last week, has some work to do. Uh, moving forward, just because their their uh, opponents from here on out actually have winning records, unlike the first five opponents they had this week in particular. Boston College, I think they're a fourteen point favorite, but they better be uh, very fearful of that game coming up because coming off the high of the uh, Clemson and and let's just put it this way: if Clemson would have beat Notre Dame by twenty eight on Saturday, nobody would have been surprised. And that line against Boston College probably comes out as three or four, something yeah, like yeah. that. And, and now it's 14. So I'd be very fearful with that. I got yeah. off on a Notre Dame kick somehow as we were talking about. <laughs> who were we talking 12. about? <laughs> Pac-12. <laughs> That's Perfect. Okay. Never That's mind. Okay. I, I, was, I was right. So, yeah, I'm good. <laughs> no, I, But uh, I did want to add something, too. 
on the Notre Dame front, that was the uh, that also was not mentioned in the winter segment for Bama. I mean, we're now in this podcast is actually entitled Bama's back at number one. So for what thirteen straight years, every year since two thousand eight, we have been number one at some point in the season, whether. Uh, you know, it might have been the last game of the season, which means we won the national title. But that streak continues, a streak I don't think will ever be eclipsed. But now, Bama, if we went out, we're number one seed, unquestionable, uh, unquestioned number one seed in the CFP, which means we get to play in New Orleans. Importantly, New Orleans, but we also get to play the number four seed. Well, Notre Dame still got a great chance to be the number four seed because if we beat Florida, Florida's at the ACC's out at, at, with the exception of Alabama. Ohio State is in at two or three. Clemson beats Notre Dame. Clemson's in at two or three, and we get to play Notre Dame in New Orleans. And uh, mm-hmm. and I know Notre Dame played well, but dude, they're not ready for this smoke. Trust me, they're they're not ready for playoff Bama yet. Um, our second second losers, Ohio State, which we we'll just touch on quickly. They uh, with with their conference with uh, you know Penn State going zero and three, Michigan losing again. They just are their conference is not viewed as the uh, the second best conference, or you know sometimes even they view them as the best conference. I think the announcers try to just say that to get to get the uh, feathers ruffled up of us SEC fans. But they're on par with uh, the ACC or the, even the Big 12 this year. They have one team, and that's it. And uh, so, you know, it's not helping. Ohio State would have in a uh, – if this was the BCS era, they would struggle to make the, the top two because their, their strength of schedule is going to be horrible. And uh, the last loser, if you want to add – let me cover Georgia, then you can discuss whatever you want to on Ohio State and Georgia. Um, you know, this team, this Georgia team, was supposed to be the best ever. You know, supposed to be Kirby's best team ever. And, um, yes, I know they're, they're without some key players. You know, Justin Fields being one of them. He, uh, I know that Kirby would love him suiting up for, for him instead of Ohio State. But, hey, that's the way the chips fall. Sometimes you lose a guy that, uh, that you really weren't planning on losing. And uh, LeCount was out. He's a good defensive back. And then they had the guy that crushed Pitts. I mean, he needs to miss. Like, they need there, there needs to be two levels, maybe even three levels of targeting. That was the classic targeting uh, he when he be, hit uh, Pitts. He kicked out of school for that one. Yeah. But, like, you know, Newman transferred in from uh, – or Newsom, Newman. I wrote down Newman. Uh, he delivers but, the mail. You know, he transferred in from Wake Forest. He's supposed to be, oh, he's going to win the Heisman. Well, then he opts out, so everybody's like, I, I don't know. Let me speak for myself. When he opted out, I'm like, crap. <clears throat> you know, JT Daniels uh, transferred from USC. He must really be showing out. And Newman saw the uh, saw the writing on the wall, and he's he knows he's not going to start. JT Daniels hadn't played a snap yet. So why did Newman opt out? Was it a bad fit? Was it? I mean, was uh, was the mailman uh, Thurston Howell the third really going to beat him out? A walk on going to beat Newman out? Regardless, you know he's gone. But I, you know Georgia, and I'm I'm not saying this to rile up Florida fans because we have played Georgia too. I don't think Georgia's defense is as good as advertised. They have their moments, but they're also vulnerable. Yeah, def- definitely vulnerable. I think we hit on it last week. We both predicted Florida to to win that game outright, and uh, and and we hit on it as far as you know that secondary, the quarterback, a good quarterback can light them up, and we saw that Saturday. We saw it against Bama. 
luckily for them, and luckily for Bama, too, Georgia has played now the only – I don't think they have Texas A&M on their schedule, do they? No, they're, they're – no, I don't think so. Yeah, I don't think so. So, I think they've played all their tough games, and they're going to coast the rest of the year either uh, – rest of the way, too. And why I say that's good for Bama is that they're going to maintain that high ranking, whether mm-hmm. it's deserved or not. They'll ease back into the top ten, and by the end of the year comes – Bama will have a, a, a win over, you know, a number six or seven team in the country, a comfortable win, uh, potentially the same thing with Texas A&M, uh, a top six, seven, five team, whatever they end mm-hmm. up being, and also then playing Florida. The, the resume will be unparalleled for sure, particularly yeah. to set up in a situation where if you do happen to lose that SEC championship game. But – Nonetheless, let's let's get into the game of the week. I, I forget even who we're playing this week, if we're going to play at all. <laughs> exactly. Uh, the game of the week is Bama at LSU. We are favored by – Tom, if I'd have walked out of the stadium last year, because uh, I went to that game, and if I'd have called you and said, Tom, we just lost to LSU, but don't you worry. This time next year when we play them at Baton Rouge, we're going to be 24-point favorites. What would you have said? <laughs> I I said, uh, man, you're still drunk, Tiffin. (laughs) (laughs) I took my daughters that game. Thank you very much. There was no alcohol Mm -hmm. consumed at all. But anyway, um, like you said, LSU has a COVID outbreak. Auburn, uh, Mississippi. I I looked on the bottom line. I'm watching Monday Night Football. They said, I think Mississippi State has the COVID outbreak that's going to prevent them from playing Auburn. And uh, but yeah, from reading reading the chit chat boards today, it sounds like that. Uh, LSU is at capacity on positive tests. Like there's a there's that 53 man rule that the SEC has implemented, and it it sounds like just a couple of more cases, uh, positive cases from LSU, and they're going to call it. So I'm not very hopeful that we play, but um, if we do play, it is it's just I, I, I we've we've we're just beating a dead horse here with LSU. They are a uh, they're a good collection of athletes. But they're not a team, and that goes to the head coach. I mean, they they lost so much, and it shows you what uh what Coach O, you know, he was covered up his his terrible, you know, program management, what coaching style, whatever you want to call it, was covered up by Joe Brady, the offense coordinator, uh, Joe Burrow, and um, just fourteen draft picks last year. Dave Aranda has gone. He's got back Bo Pelini, who's not uh, knocked anybody's socks off yet, a defense coordinator. So I think that they come out fired up. It's a night game. They, you know, they'll have a crowd there, some, you know, somewhat of a crowd. But as long as we, you know, three and out, four and out, five and out for them, and then we get a touchdown. If we get up fourteen nothing, the air comes out of the crowd, and uh, and I think that some of the uh, upperclassmen start thinking about, hey, you know, I've got the NFL to play for next year. Let's. I don't know if I really want to hit that guy as hard as uh, I probably need to. Yeah, I'd heard a rumor that Ed was having half the team uh, check on on regular intervals the uh, the the players that had COVID. So I think he's trying to pick up a couple extra cases here if he can do it. We'll see. <laughs> um, yeah, it's a crazy line. I looked shortly before the uh, podcast started. That line has jumped to twenty eight. Bama on really? the road at LSU, 28. Now, we have played LSU 
many times over the past, well, we played them once a year over the past several years. <laughs> but the point, point I was going to make was that even when LSU is not highly ranked, we're typically not 28-point favorites down there. This is a bad LSU team. And I, yeah. <clears throat> I hate to be the bearer of bad news for Auburn, but I hit on this when Auburn spanked them. LSU's bad. I mean, they're really bad. And like you said, mm-hmm. they're really bad, and they're subject to throw in the towel. So, uh, and, and, and Saban will not hold back, not after last year, not after uh, yeah, we I had agree. all the opportunity in the world to win that game last year. Uh, and, you know, that was, as, that was as close a game as LSU had last year. I hate to rehash this dead dog horse, but, you know, we started out in a 21 nothing hole, I think it was, last year, and, and then ended up losing by four or whatnot and, and, and had every opportunity to, to, to take that game. It will be remembered, particularly the locker room talk after the game that went all mm. over social media. This is a game that they got circled, and it couldn't set up more perfectly if they can play it. There's one team that's ready to play and one team that wishes that COVID would go ahead and take it off the board. So we'll, we'll see who gets their wish, but I don't, I don't know when. When is the protocol for that? It, do they have to announce that by a certain date? Well, I guess not. I mean, I, you know, you I don't know. Wake up on Saturday morning and you got a bunch of players you didn't know that had it. Then I guess you call it off immediately, huh? Yeah, I guess they're gonna try to, you know, maybe set Wednesday as zero hour. But um, I, yeah, I don't know. I'm not very hopeful of it being played. If we do play it, uh, 28 points. Which way? If you had to bet it with someone else's money, who are you taking? I'd tease Bama up to 38 and take Bama. <laughs> nice answer. Well, since we got into uh, bets, let's uh, guess what, listeners? We went a robust four and zero last week, five and one if you count the two games of the weeks. Uh, and I actually would have gone six and zero because I had we, we split Clemson Notre Dame, so we're going to count that a loss. But we both said Florida would cover. Uh, I had two winners last week. I had Liberty and Oregon. I re-listened to the podcast. To, uh, to see what I said about Liberty. And I did not call for the outright win. I said 14 and a half points would be enough. But they got the outright win. And, uh, and Tom, we'll let you list your two teams. You also went 2-0. and Congratulations. Thank you, sir. Yep, I had uh, my go-to Arkansas Razorbacks. Daryl sent me a text that I didn't realize that Arkansas has covered every game so far this year, which is a big boost because every time I've played them, they've won, so that makes me uh, feel good. Also, I had Vanderbilt, the cellar dweller, Vandy. They almost got the outright win against Mississippi State. Uh, As bad as Vandy has looked, Mississippi State is not good either. Man, didn't we just reiterate how bad LSU was? Mississippi State hammered them in the opener. So, anyway, Vandy and Arkansas, 2-0, chalk it down. I'll take it. Yep. All right, bets for this week. You got game one. Who you got? Oh, that's right. I have uh, game one. I forgot about that. So, one, the Auburn-Mississippi State line is not – her game is not going to be played because of COVID. But, man, that's a weird line. As bad – I just keep running this big circle here. As bad as Mississippi State is – 
and as bad as LSU is, and as bad as Vanderbilt is, and all these teams that are so terrible, Auburn only opened up as a 10-point favorite in this game. I think it only jumped up to 14 or 15 once State started having some COVID stuff. But nonetheless, that's off the boards. We're not going to play it. But my first one, I just talked about how bad Vanderbilt is, and I went with them last week. I'm going back against them this week. Give me Kentucky minus the 17. Vandy won't even sniff the end zone this week. This may be another shutout for this Kentucky defense. Yeah, that's a very good pick. Uh, And I actually had a – I think you were leaning uh, Mississippi State over Auburn. I actually had Auburn as my second game. So we'll scrap that. My game one is Maryland plus 26 versus Ohio State. I think – Maryland's not good, don't get me wrong, but they have a good quarterback with a Bama tie. Leah uh, Tungavaloa is there, and he's he's done really well. He uh, he played well last week. I just think 26 is a lot of points. I do think Maryland can score. You know, if they get 14 to 17 points, it should be difficult for Ohio State to cover that line. Yeah, 10-4. Uh, my second game, I wish I could step out of conference and go with uh, Boston College over Notre Dame because I already mentioned how how much I like that game. That's a trouble game for uh, Notre Dame. But I'm conference only this year, so I'm going to go back to the well again to keep them undefeated. Give me Arkansas plus 18 in what I feel like will be a letdown situation for Florida. And not only that, Arkansas is still undervalued as a team. 18 is too much in this one, I believe. Yeah, I agree that Arkansas uh, have a good chance to cover that line. I'm gonna come. Uh, I didn't know we we're supposed to stay in conference only. I've been uh, I've been breaking the rules all along, I guess. But I'm gonna stay in conference for this my second pick. A and M minus twelve and a half uh, at Tennessee. I know it's kind of dangerous to take a team on the road, and especially with A and M, who normally does not. Uh, man, they're so Jekyll and Hyde with no matter who the head coach is. But uh, Tennessee is just – they're not that good this year. And uh, A&M is clicking. They are – I'm glad we're not playing them uh, right now. I don't know that we, we beat them 52-24, to 52-28. I don't know that we beat them that bad if we played them uh, this coming weekend. So, give me uh, A&M at minus 12.5 uh, versus Tennessee. And uh, that's going to wrap this episode up. Our master editor, Tom, has his work cut out for him <laughs> on this one. Uh, so, uh, remember, if you're traveling from Starkville, Mississippi to Auburn this weekend, even though you're not playing a game, even though the game was scheduled to be in Starkville, but we have to stick with my byline here. If you're traveling from Starkville, Mississippi to Auburn this weekend, you go east till you smell it and south till you step in it. Take it easy, guys. <laughs>